0: Hey everyone. I think a lot of us hope to do something that actually impacts the future. There's that wonderful saying that the best way to predict the future is to actually go out and create it. Well, today's guest is out there creating the future. He's leading one of the coolest, most innovative logistics delivery companies in the world right now. What's really kind of cool is it all started from what I've been able to dig up through different things. It all started in a business school with some of his friends where the professor said the project they were working on didn't seem to have much merit and he couldn't see where it was going. Yeah, it's kind of gone pretty far. Today's guest has been included in the coveted 40 Under 40 by Business World and the top 25 software CEOs in Asia doing some seriously good work out there. His company, FarEye, recently has passed over 100 million Transactions per day—that's insane. That is such a huge growth. That is cool. Hello, Kashal. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate this. Oh, uh, look forward to it. And yeah, you know, as I was just telling the audience a second ago about Farai and all the cool things you're doing now, you guys have been growing. Like now tomorrow, your team's expanding, the amount of countries, everything. Where do you see yourself on your own entrepreneurial journey now? You're running this amazing company.
1: So I have multiple variants of it based on if you're talking to the investors and all. But now considering I'm talking to my fellow friends and entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs here, I would say it is one of the best roller coaster journey that I've been living. And I feel... As an entrepreneur, you get that as the best gift for yourself. Like every day, there is a moment where you feel you can just paint the world blue and red, the colors you want. At the same day, you'll feel like, is it all worth it? How do I put everything together? Does it really sum up? Can I create the impact i wanted to create that? And this happens almost every single day together. The downside of this is there's nothing else you get this much amount of federal rush. So maybe you go for any vacation, any sports, but the amount of federal rush and just building and growing it every single day is amazing. And it's a combination of multiple things, right? Like it starts with, this is a problem I want to solve. And then you meet customers. You start going deep in those problems and you start loving that problem. You validated it. And then it comes to forming a team. And forming a team also evolves at every stage. So initially, you need to get people who believe in you, who have perseverance, who have trust. You're still okay not having the best of the breed. And that's how you kind of get folks together with a lot of passion and trust. But as you move forward, you need better talent. You need people who've seen the world more than you or more experienced. So kind of each stage required for something else. And it's not that one-size-fits-all kind of a thing. So you have to evolve, not just yourself, but your team as well in every stage. And those stages could be uh, about six months to a year.
0: Yeah, I like that because, yeah, it's funny. Um, roller coaster is one of my favorite terms of this role. You know, it's like, yes, you're sort of getting higher, but you're doing you know, you're going way, way down really quickly on your way going up back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but incremental all over the place. That is really cool. Now, you've been doing this for a while. How is your ability to handle that up, down, the ability to, oh my God, I get to paint this, but maybe convincing everyone else to even bring the paint? Because I love that metaphor you just used. (laughs) I will steal it. But how is your ability as an entrepreneur, change to allow you to change the color of the room. How has your ability been changing?
1: It's a brilliant point. So initially, you just want any quality of paint, but a paint which is there, willing to stay with you. Because, look, you don't need millions of folks to say yes. You just need few. But the reality is the opposite also is true, which means millions of folks would say no to it. Now, can you live with that no every single day, waiting for those few yeses? It's extremely tough to stay focused on that point and not get carried away with external inputs. And the kind of world we live in, I think everyone has an opinion and everyone wants to share that opinion. Now, it's very tough for you that which one do you really consume and which one you don't. And for me, I started uh, just after my engineering school, along with my co-founders. So we didn't have really a professional education on building a business, like a master's degree on how do you like not even the finance knowledge. None of that. Right. So the learning is by meeting people. That's the school I've been living for last eight to 10 years. And that's the same school I want to stay forever. Meet people, learn from them. It doesn't matter from the outcome. Maybe some of them would agree with what you want. Some of them would not. Maybe for some of them, you need to change yourself or what you were looking for. But I think one thing which stays in all of that is you still get to learn from each of those meetings, be it investors, be it senior industry professionals, be it prospects you want to get into. And I think that's something, not just me, but me and my co-founders, we've been really focused on that. And I think that's somewhere, i the term I use it is uh, advantages of disadvantages. We knew that we don't have the best of the education. We don't have the best of the industry experience. And we're probably the youngest folks to come in here and say, look, we'll improve the delivery for the world. You order from furniture to food to e-commerce to your fashion items, to your specs. We'll just get everything delivered to your home in a seamless manner at the speed that you want by giving you the control as well. Now, everyone will challenge you. Like we went to some of the largest companies in the world and they're like, we existed for decades. And you're we saying you're going to have something to change us. And we've got a few hundred thousands of people. We can count you on our fingertips. I think that's where it becomes your strength as well because you can move extremely fast. You're very, very nimble. And you're trying to learn with everything that's happening outside. I think learnability, I probably feel is the only way you can move with this journey as it scales, because you can't be rigid to any size or any stage of the company.
0: I fully, you know, I love that concept of learnability, you know, and you know, this whole kind of going in there and realizing you don't know, but that gives you the flexibility to kind of adapt faster. Almost every cool business, my own history, my own experience has been, all right, uh, how do we figure this out when there's already big players in this space? Well, you eat what they don't want to eat and you do something they're not willing to do and then rinse and repeat. So, that's a really cool journey. As you started off, as you said, right out of school with your team, how long do you feel it took for you to kind of really bring that in to an ongoing process where you were constantly adapting to these opportunities?
1: I think I've completely agree with you. Are we comfortable today? No, we are not. Do we have problems to solve a lot of them? Have the number of problems decreased? I don't think so. I think they've increased because our dreams have got bigger. Our passion is more. We've got a bigger team who's got more energy. We've got a bigger set of customers, investors backing us. So I think that all has been on an increasing curve. But I think the the journey, the milestone, the first milestone for us in some way was getting first customer on board and having them scale to the 10X journey. I think that was really a moment of a pride for us. When So one is you sign the customer and the first few customers are the ones who believe in you. They are not seeing the product. They're like the guys who want to take a bet on you, your idea, and your passion. You get them. I think it's still a bet, but it's not been proven. But once you scale them to the 10X and where they say, look, I think this is one of the best things I did in my journey of scaling this. I think that's essentially what gives you that first kick. What you're doing may not be relevant for the world, but these guys, you matter to them, for their customers, for them. And that's just a great feeling because before that, your existence didn't even really care for anyone. Now, you know, for this brand, if you stop they'll not be able to deliver the experience that they want to their consumers. So you have a role to play. So you have a need to get up early in the morning and get things done.
0: I fully agree, getting that kind of early believer. But I love your use of the 10X, and I would love you, you know, if you could explain to the audience how you're using it in talking about that. Is that their growth using your product? Is it their use of your product? How do you use that? Because 10X gets thrown around so much sort of around in our industry. How are you using that concept?
1: Sure. So look, I'm not referring to the GTM motion you have cracked and now you are growing the company to the 10X. I'm not referring that you have got your marketing and sales engine really delivering it. What I'm referring right now is you got single or a bunch of customer to agree with you. Now is where the execution starts. So you execute for that customer. Now, they'll typically give you some small amount of their uh, business because they want to know what it does. Uh, They're excited, but they just want to test the waters as well. As they see the success, they'll give you the second and third uplift. I'm looking for this uplift where someone believed on what you said and then someone doubled down. And when they really doubled down saying, now I know this works, why don't you do this for the rest of my business or for my entire business? That's essentially what I'm referring to as 10x. Because look, you can repeat that to X number of customers, but you need to see that journey of getting a customer, making that customer successful in your opinion. Customers agreeing to that, that, yes, I'm successful with what you're doing. And how do you really understand that? When they say, okay, you've done for this X number of units for me or this branch or this business unit. Why don't you go ahead and do it for the rest of it? And you're like, but I'm not prepared. He's like, I trust you. You can go ahead and do that. That's exactly what I'm referring to, the 10X moment, where now you know what you're doing is fantastic and it's proven, you just need to go and replicate.
0: Yeah, I like it because you're talking about their value, not your own growth, even though you grow because of them gaining value. But yeah, I do think too much is going out there about like 10X. It's like, well, that's all nice and good, and that is our goal, but let's create value for that process. So that is really pretty cool.
1: Absolutely. Look, value for yourself or maybe a fundraise, these all are outcomes, right? The way I try to connect is your investors will always be happy till the time you're growing and your customers are happy. Your customers' happiness is what your team also needs. Because if you say that this is, so essentially that is core and you can't really replace customer happiness with anything. You can replace investors with banks, with loans, with multiple other stuff as well. But the core of making customers happy, I don't think there's an alternate to that.
0: Well, and I have to say, just as a quick aside to the audience, you should go to their Farai's website because you have some of the coolest employee videos I've seen in a long time about life working there. I mean, they're very enjoyable. I was very much enjoying watching them. So, you know, if you want to see how to kind of capture that because they're capturing value for their customers, as you said, you have happy employees, that comes out very much in the videos you have on your site for life at Farai. You talked about using this concept of, going to paraphrase horribly here, but like knowing what you don't know, using, you know, talking, you know, talking with your customers as much as possible, kind of living and growing from that. What is the thing you believe has most helped you on your entrepreneurial journey? You know, you talk about those things, but what has really most helped you kind of accelerate now that you are lifting off,
1: to use a bad metaphor there? I think I would say combination of uh, curiosity, where you're just trying to question yourself again, is this the best way to do this? Can this be better? Is this the best market? Can I go in some other? Like we'd start, like I'll just give you some examples, right? We started out in India. And for me, it was essentially that as a consumer, I had faced problems in getting deliveries done to my home. Like I've been staying at the same home and my parents stayed there. My grandparent was there. And then still folks will call me and say, where is this building? How do I come in over there? And that's the same, like in a lot of those scenarios, it's the same company delivering. And it was like, I have not changed. The company has not changed. But they don't know, like something is completely broken out there. And that's essentially what inspired us. Look, logistics have been existing from the time I think human beings started because uh, we've been able to trade, move goods, move stuff, either Eat like for anything we need logistics. Like logistics is living, but some of that has not changed. And when we started off, our initial thesis was it's actually broken in India, and we need to solve the problem for the country. That's how we kind of started. We scaled a couple of customers. We raised a round. We raised a round of financing, and then with those guys when we were speaking with, they were like, "Why don't you go out?" And I had never travel outside India by then. I was like, I think it's already organized. And they were like, no, it's not. And that was just a a moment of strike for me. Like, okay, is it broken everywhere in the world? So can we really organize for the globe and not just for the country? And there were two options, right? One, we could have said, no, we just want to do this. We don't want to know what's happening outside. Right? So, I think having a curiosity that why it's like this, if it's like this kind of a thing, right? And then second, challenging yourself, challenging your team, challenging the setup that you have. Is it best designed for success? I think these two things are really core. And till date, we kind of operate in the same way. Like we start, we scale ourselves in Southeast Asia, in Middle East. And then the next journey for us was Europe and US. It was like, Oh, we thought these are more developed and we had everything streamlined and things can be moved. But for us, as we kind of met our customers and a lot of those places, our customers referred us to their counterparts in those regions. And that's been great learning. And then obviously the kind of team you need to build changes from there, the kind of work you need to do changes with that. So the combination of curiosity and I think challenging that. Really is something I feel is a core and which has been driving us, or the biggest thing in the journey. And we changed our business models across. So we didn't knew what was the best model. I don't think I knew it today as well. We started off in one geography or market. Our markets have changed dramatically. We were just five, three of us as founders, then we became 10, 20. And today, we are a few hundreds. We're almost uh, 700 today. Everything has changed, right? That is amazing.
0: I and mean, that really is, because it is so true. It is about following that challenge. I just had a conversation, as you were saying, talking about challenges. I had this conversation with an entrepreneur recently who talked about, it's the things you always hear sort of in different Buddhist or different types of concepts of like going into your fear, going into the difficulty being one, you know, don't, you know, don't allow fear. You know, if you sci-fi dune, don't, yeah. (laughs) Fear is the mind killer, you know, all that. But his thing was he always looked for the things that were looking to be the most difficult or the things his team didn't want to be doing. And I love that you're talking about that challenge because that is, it's like, you know, you're, you know, you're talking with people, you're learning, you're doing stuff. And that's what you think is going to be difficult or challenging. Then other people are also, so it's using your curiosity to then kind of say, well, maybe there's a way to play with it, which, you know, a few hundred employees now you've shown that. So that is really, you know, I, I think that's Ben, I very much think for the audience, for myself to take that and kind of think about, how to bring more curiosity and focus on the challenge. If you were talking to someone in your shoes, maybe yeah, maybe not right at the beginning. Maybe like a year or two into far's journey, what would your advice? Why don't we just leave it there? What would your advice be to someone a couple years into the
1: journey? I would say, look, somewhere uh, first is directly choose the right ma- like goals or the matrix. I think some of us get carried away with the uh, fundraise or with competition or what's what's everyone else doing in the world. I don't think they that really matters. Like They are definitely part of that system, but they aren't the core of it. right? Uh, rather, I would say, till that time you're focused on making your customers happy and building the best team, I think the rest of it you can figure out. The markets would change, right? Like in COVID, as just as this COVID thing happened, everything changed. Starting from how do you work? How do you really collaborate as a team? How do you really track things? Because in person, it's a lot easier. You'll just walk the floor, you kind of interact with everyone, you'll know what's happening. If something is getting burned, people would scream. They'll say, hey, there's some fire here. Can someone help A lot of this happened. Without any process. But when it's happening remotely, maybe you need a lot of process and communication. And none of us would train for it. At least we've not seen anything like that before in our life. So I think those things will change. How do you sell? Who do you sell to? What do you build? Uh, How do you make profit? I think these things will evolve. Things that stay constant is building the best team. Because these are the guys who are calling the shots. So I'll tell you one of the best moments for me. I think one of these uh, investor meetups, like board meetings we had. And it's more informal, right? startup. So it's not really that traditional board meetings. It's what you've done, what's working out, where do you need help, those kind of things. And we kind of extended to our next team members as well. Uh, not just the founders, but the uh, leadership as an entire unit. We kind of extended there. And one of the investors just shared a a site comment on a personal chat to me that, look, you should always get the people who are better than you. And I'm so happy that you've got. Now, this was a combination of uh, first, you're kind of thinking, aren't you the best? I think that's such a great feeling because that's true. But getting people who are better than you on those specific areas just make your job so much easier. I think somewhere in those times, We kind of don't prioritize that enough of building the best team because there's so many things to chase at that time. I think that's one I'll just give as an input because if you have a great team, I think the rest of the elements, you can figure that out with that team, uh, which is together. And then maybe the other element I would say is authenticity or honesty in terms of what's good and bad, sharing that back to your team. Sometimes we kind of just show a, good or a flowery picture and just tell that everything is working good and you want to take all the pain on your head. I don't think that really helps. I think just making it candid and transparent that, look, this these things are working, these are not. And I'll just share an example here again. When we started off, we were kind of focused more towards the small, medium businesses. And then we saw a lot of churn based on some segments that we were going on. And this was my first board meeting with an investor who just come in. I think one of the best thing I feel I did was I told them that, look, this business is not growing and this segment is having a churn. Now, what that made is obviously that made all of us unhappy. But then we all really sat down on the table. We saw different segments, which is growing, which is not. And just made a plan that, look, enterprise is something which is growing for us. Let's just focus on the enterprise and deprioritize that. In 30 days, we were able to kind of change that in the entire organization. And then rest is history today, if you kind of look at it. So I think just accepting that, that, yeah, this is a problem that we need to solve. Sometimes we kind of don't do that. I think these are just the two things I would say, don't want to really give set of wrong advices here as well.
0: What you're saying is very important. I don't think you have to worry about any wrong advice, because You've taken your journey, and this is what's so amazing, why I enjoy, and I know from talking with some of the audience, hearing people like you who've taken these steps and have gone and created things and built things. It's seeing where we can find things that have common courage with our own experiences. Because I can't go and say, okay, what did you do? What did you, yeah, you know, I'm, everyone I'm writing down, pretending to write down notes. I've seen too many people who try and copy exactly what other people have done or buy lists of like, do these things. This is the SOP, blah, blah, blah. And then they're surprised that doesn't have magic. You know, they may get some results, but it's that you have to find that mix, steal, steal where you can, but then, you know, make it yours. And I think you, you know, your discussion of that Is very much about how you took these things. We talk a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, you read these things, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that, but you're bringing this into your own environment and you're making it yours. I think that is very, very cool. And I think there's a lot we can, you know, learn. And this is the fun. I then talk with my team later and we kind of break these things out and, you know, we kind of try to share it back to the audience. And I know, you know, I'm already kind of mentally making notes of things I want to bring out from your discussion here. I think it's very cool. Given that you're having so much growth, your team, you're expanding locations, countries, etc. you're having success in a company, but as an entrepreneur, you know, you didn't mention earlier, it's like, up, ah, down, all over the place. How are you looking to define success for you, Kushal? What is your success and how do you see that changing over the course of your lifetime?
1: How are you defining success? As humans, we are the greediest species that exist, right? I'll start with that. Now, obviously, when, when we started off, the three of us defined success as we'll get some customers, maybe a few hundred thousand dollars, and we'll be super happy with what we've achieved. Kind of reached there, I think, in one, one and a half years, and then it was like, let's build a good team. Then it moved to scaling the business across geographies, then it went into some valuation, some recent benchmark from funding, investments, all that sort of thing. I'll tell you, but some of the things that really made me extremely happy and proud, and that's how I, as a person, has kind of learned as well. We've given our team stock options, essentially because people believe in the vision and the dream. So, uh, the biggest advantage on startups you get not just to kind of start, but even to work with startups is you have stock options, so you get to do everything. And second, you're part of the ownership. Uh, maybe that's small, maybe that's very tiny, but you are somewhere part of that multiplication factor. And then we had given ESOPs to the team. We believed it will be real. But if you would have asked me, hands on the heart, I don't know when it'll be real and when you'll get the money and how much you'll get the money, right? But I obviously told them, look, this is really a big thing. You should own this, this and that. And then last year, we had liquidation program for some of the team members. Now, they made almost 20 years of the wealth they would have done with that liquidation. And then they called And we were just sitting and they were like, I know you were selling us ESOPs. I know you are, you're someone who can convince, but this is, seeing it in the bank account is the biggest thing. And I still get goosebumps when I'm kind of sharing that. So if you're able to deliver that promise to your team of being part of the ownership and getting wealth, I think that's how I largely look at success or what gives me that real inner satisfaction because these people believed in you and your team and you've got millions of options to work today but they have kind of saying no to them and choosing you so i think there's a response and these are the folks who are working with you to make your customers happy to make your investors happy to grow at a high speed to do everything that's needed and the other part is look 60 70 percent of your uh, living like of your active time you're spending. So it's a bigger family than actually the family you have because you're not like technically you're spending lesser time there. You're spending more time here on weekdays and there's some stuff you need to get done on weekends and then something needs to happen during holidays. That's essentially how it kind of works uh, with startup ride. So I think delivering the promise to them and making them get the wealth from that bet they've made or the vision they had, I think that's one which I look at as a great success for myself if I'm able to do that. I think the other is just from creating that benchmark or that category, right? Like the way we told the team as well, look, if you worked at Far eye, next time when you want to work anywhere, that sentence should be enough for you that you say, look, I worked at FarEye and I help them scale from X to Y. I think making these two things real, that's essentially is the success. We we'll definitely want to grow faster, make deliveries better. you want to make it sustainable for the universe as well. These are important goals for me. But if I have to pick one amongst all, I would go to the delivering the promise the team to the team you'd made.
0: There's a really powerful i like that that's where you are and you're kind of looking but down the road are you you're still you know relatively as someone with a you know a lot more gray hair than you can say you're still relatively early in your own journey how do you see long term do you see building a legacy what's going to be the concept of success later
1: for you sure so look uh The way we kind of look at this uh, is well, we've just scratched the surface right now. Like, I don't think we've even reached to a single percentage of the impact that we can do. For me, the beauty would be in a couple of years, maybe five years from now, every single business can deliver a great experience to their customers. So you just democratize a great delivery experience for the universe out there. Our businesses, any single part of the country, any industry, small and big, be able to deliver a great experience. Because as consumers, we've started prioritizing experience over the product itself. Is it seamless? Is it fast? Is it at the time I want? Is it at the place I want? Right, And that's essentially what's changing the new world for all the businesses, retailers, logistic companies. And e-commerce is something become the front and center of driver of this change, right? Now, the biggest battle when we meet these customers, we hear from them is, how do we really compete with the best? How do we deliver the best experience to our customers? Uh, do it profitably, do it sustainably. So vision, like, and vision not from just what's written on the piece of paper, in the, but something that completely believe in is making deliveries better for everyone. And by everyone, I mean us as consumers, the brands, the logistic providers, and the environment from a sustainability perspective. I think if you're able to create at a certain scale where any business can actually leverage and democratize the complete delivery experience uh, for the world, I think that'll be something i put everything
0: for. Well, that is that is cool. And I hope very much to see this because it is a big thing. Yeah, I laugh because when you were mentioning, oh, you know, the U.S. and Europe, I moved to, you know, Spain and shipping has been the craziest experience and cross-border and, you know, differences where products we may be in an area where globalization is becoming reevaluated overall for certain things, you know, COVID and other reasons. But the reality of the benefits of globalization when treated properly is so great. Yet, as you say, as you expand, so much of the operational, the logistical structure is location by location by location, and it is very cumbersome. So, seeing you guys expand, it's just like, oh, that is brilliant. That makes so much logical sense. It is so cool to see that happen. So I'm excited to see where you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. I think there's so much you know we listening to you can take away and to kind of incorporate in our own entrepreneurial efforts. So Kashal, thank you so much.
1: It's been a pleasure for me, right? Across the journey, it's been meeting fellow entrepreneurs, founders, and trying to learn from them across. I just love the platform because it's so hard to get those founders, get those entrepreneurs, and have time for them. This way, you're kind of democratizing the learning for entrepreneurs and founders. I think that's the best thing to do.
0: Thank you so much, Kushal. That was so
1: incredibly enjoyable.
0: Kushal was so warm and... It was just fun to talk to him, so much that he was sharing, and just his um bubbly, warm, intelligent personality just came shining through. I love doing this because, you know, I get to meet some amazing people, but that was just so much fun. I loved how he talked about leaning into the roller coaster of this journey we are on as entrepreneurs to become comfortable and sort of enjoy it, to work on and doing it because, It is a roller coaster. And I don't know about you all, but I've had difficulties a lot with the up and down, up and down nature of what we are. Sometimes I don't take enough celebration in the highs and I know I overemphasize those deep falls that happen along the journey. That is something just to bring into more context. Learn to live and breathe and be at one with that up and down. I also like how he calls out, Realizing what stage you're in as you build your team, let that dictate where you are as you're building. I know when I've hit different inflection points in my own efforts, I've either been too, you know, I've been afraid about cash flow and therefore underhired, or I've reached for people who I know would be good, but we did not have the infrastructure for. Just kind of pushing more for finding that right person given where you are, you know, put more emphasis on the Goldilocks, you know, but the way he says it, because he talks about using it as a way to encourage passion. Perfection can come with growth, with money, but that's not what we're doing as entrepreneurs. We're looking to bring together teams that bring passion to bear on the problems that we see are worth working on. And, you know, Obviously, Kushal is killing it in that department as Farai continues to grow from success to success. But really, just finding that ability for our teams to bring passion is something worthwhile. And then, kind of related to that, and that I think helps as we try and work with our team is this um, encouragement of your own curiosity. And how he said it was very interesting because it was this idea that. The difficult things we work on should have more curiosity from us, where I know from talking with clients and from other entrepreneurs, sometimes the more difficult stuff is the things we don't want to explore. It's the stuff we want to just get past as quickly as possible. So, you know, sort of encouraging that curiosity in ourselves, bringing in beginner's mind, having that, I don't know aspect as we face these problems um, or face these difficulties is something that um, I can see bringing a lot of value. Yes, you have to bring it together with other parts of execution. You have to be able to not get stuck. You can't get lost in the curiosity, but those are ifs, buts, and no's. The important thing is being comfortable to push into that curiosity and find out what it is that really is available with these difficult opportunities. So just a lot to think about and a lot to kind of bring into our own efforts as entrepreneurs. So please go check out Far Eye, go check out Kershaw. We'll have links to everything down the show notes as always. And please come by beyondeightfigures.com and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get alerts from we have new people on the show. We're having some contests coming up and some great you know, additional content all about you know, our, our efforts as entrepreneurs to make this journey more enjoyable and stronger for all of us. So please go to the site, check us out, sign up newsletter, join us on the socials, and love to know what things you would like to predict into the future by working and making it happen yourselves as entrepreneurs. Thank you everyone for coming today and listening to us. Can't wait to talk to you again soon.